the 13 American states which had united to win independence. Looks like bruh Fox and bruh Bear are causing some kind of commotion down. It doesn't. Magic wrapped up in pixie dust. Thanks for joining us here at the Diamond Horseshoe for Goofy's Country. From the inspiring America the Beautiful show. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Welcome aboard the Walt Disney World Radio Show Monorail. For those of you standing, please hold on to the handrails throughout our show and stay clear of the doors. For the comfort of others, no smoking, please. Thank you. As we turn south, you can catch a glimpse of the spires of the Walt Disney World rumor mill. Nearby are the seven wonders of Walt Disney World. Now is a great opportunity to pick a time and place to meet should you become separated from your party during this podcast. If you should need any assistance, please speak to your host, Lou Mangello at Guest Relations. Guest Relations can also assist you in making listening arrangements, providing special tours of our show, or make other suggestions for enjoying your visit to the Walt Disney World Radio Show. W. Your information station. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. Thanks for tuning in once again. This is show number seven for the week of March 25th, 2007. I'm your host, Lou Mangello, and this week I'm joined by Chantel Crawford, former Walt Disney World cast member and owner of DVCbyResale.com, and we're going to talk a little bit about the new Disney's Animal Kingdom DVC Resort, answer some frequently asked questions about the DVC in general, and how the new announcement affects DVC resales. She's also going to offer some insider information about the rumored DVC Resort over at the Contemporary and future DVC properties worldwide. Kara Goldsberry, author of The Luxury Guide to Walt Disney World, also chimes in on her opinions of the new property, having been able to actually visit models of what the new suites will look like. Jonathan Dichter is back and will provide another great Voices Behind the Magic segment, and I will feature another quick Best of the Best at Walt Disney World with Chantel. Stay tuned for our very first Where in the World Have You Heard This contest, which should be a lot of fun and where you can possibly win some great prizes. Don't forget to go and visit the show notes page over at WDWRadio.com for links, images, and more information about the topics we discuss. It'll also give you the links to some of our special guests' websites, more information about the topics that we've covered on the show, as well as where you can go to the forums at DisneyWorldTrivia.com and talk about what you've heard on the show or what you'd like to hear in the future. So, with that being said, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the WDW Radio Show. WDW Radio Show News and Views Report Live from the WDW Radio Studios in Scotch Plains, New Jersey 
Not a whole lot of news coming out of the Walt Disney World Resort this week, but there were a couple things I did want to mention and just touch on. The Monsters, Inc. laugh for Comedy Club, which I said is going to be opening in early April after a couple days of passholder previews. Well, it looks like its name is actually going to be changed from the laugh Floor Comedy Club to just Monsters, Inc. laugh Floor. Uh, you can see the sign over at the attraction in Tomorrowland has been changed. And it used to say Laugh Floor underneath in yellow comedy club. Well, that just says Laugh Floor now playing. I am eagerly anticipating heading down, hopefully within the next couple of months, so I can experience this traction for myself. I, I have heard some of the reviews, which are, from what I understand, not glowing, to say the least. It is not the e-ticket attraction that maybe Disney had hoped for, but I need to reserve judgment for myself until I see it. I did want to make a quick aside and talk about, you know, this attraction and the whole defuturizing, if that's even a word, of Tomorrowland. Because I think people continue to complain that this attraction and some others that have recently been brought in continue to take away from the original theme of Tomorrowland. And, and by virtue of its name, being about tomorrow and being about the future, even before the mid-90s rehab where they kind of rethought exactly what they wanted the land to do. But while I do agree to a certain degree, I think we need to step back and look at the history of the land and the attractions that have comprised it. And I'm going to do a full kind of Tomorrowland retrospective and history segment in the future, pardon the pun. But I did want to mention this because I received a number of emails specifically about this attraction, Buzz Lightyear, Stitch's Great Escape, things like that. You know, if we look back to Tomorrowland when it opened in 1971, there were very, very few attractions in there. The first was the Grand Prix Raceway, which is really nothing all that futuristic there. There was no story behind it, much as like they've tried to do now, making it a more futuristic, you know, racing kind of attraction. There was also the Skyway to Fantasyland. Again, nothing all that futuristic either about the design of the buckets or the attraction itself, other than maybe the 90-degree turn, which is something that had not been done. There was a 90-degree turn that it took as it left Tomorrowland and headed out towards Fantasyland. But other than that, it was a technology that had been around and used for a long, long time. Besides that, there was just a few shops and a couple of places to eat, and that was really it, uh, but really until Flight to the Moon came in late 1971. But as we all know, by the time that attraction opened, it was really almost outdated by that time, having been to the moon already. Other attractions that came in were the Circle Vision films. You had America the Beautiful, Magic Carpet Round the World. Again, nothing all that futuristic or Tomorrowland-ish-y about them. If you had wings, again, talked really about travel, not about the future of travel, not about space flight travel, anything like that, just traveling to other countries. The star jets, okay, they're, they're, they're rockets, although the technology itself wasn't all that futuristic. And the Carousel of Progress, which was about the past, and to a certain degree in one segment, about the future. Mission to Mars opened in 1975, and yes, that did change, and it did kind of let us look into the future of, of space flight and uh, and where we might go. But really, you know, it was really just the name and the destination that changed because that was kind of, okay, well, they also added a woman to the control room. But other than that, it was really flight to the moon with kind of a different overlay on it. So there's really, there's always been the theming of the land and the outside of the land that's been futuristic, but not necessarily the attractions therein. And, and that really is kind of the extent of it. So when people to continue to complain about Monsters Inc. going in there and Stitch going in there and Buzz Lightyear. Again, let's look 
to you know the genesis of this land and how it's come along. And again, I'm going to kind of touch on this more in another segment um, for a future show, but I would love for you to weigh in. Send me an email, send me a voicemail, or talk about this on the forums at DisneyWorldTrivia.com because I'd be very interested to hear what you think about this. A couple other quick little things is over at Disney's Animal Kingdom Lodge, they have a great little experience specifically for kids from 6 to 14 years old. It's a three-hour adventure called The Bush Camp, and it used to be available only to guests at the lodge. Well, now it's available to everybody. And in this program, kids will learn about African culture. They'll be playing games. There's all kinds of food. They do crafts. They take a look at animals on the savannah. And they kind of uh, do some things with some characters from the Lion Kings. So it's offered every Saturday starting March 24th. It's $70 per child. And it ranges, for, it goes from 1 to 4 o'clock, uh, again, every Saturday. You do need to reserve this in advance and hold it with a credit card. I know DVC members do get a 10% discount. I don't know really about annual pass holders. You can book this by calling 407-WDW-PLAY. It sounds like something that uh, if you have kids of that age, it really would be a great program. And again, there's so many great kids programs throughout the resort. It's nice to see them opening this one up to kids, if even if you're not staying at the lodge. And if you or your kids have actually done this, I would love to hear what they thought and what they felt about this experience. Finally, just one little refurbishment that I want to mention that I don't think I brought up on a previous show, and that is the Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse in Adventureland will be closed for refurb from April 30th through May 18th, 2007. So if uh, are you, you are heading down during that time and it is one of your favorite attractions, although I know so many people overlook it and walk right by it, I actually like it. Uh, it will be closed for about three weeks, so uh, just so you know. But that's really it. Again, not a lot coming out of the resort this week. Um, again, if you have any news that you want to share or anything you want to discuss, send me an email to lou at wdwradio.com. What rumors lie in the hearts of Disney fans? Will you journey into the WDW rumor mill? <laughs> Here in the Walt Disney World rumor mill this week, there are just a couple of things that I wanted to mention, and one that we'll kind of explore in much more detail on probably next week's show. The first rumor comes out of the Disney MGM Studios and it has to do with the upcoming Toy Story Mania attraction as it appears that some details, and again, because this is a rumor, I don't know how accurate they really are, are leaking out about the layout of the ride and what the attraction is really going to consist of. And it appears that it's going to be basically broken down into four sections. And the first section is going to allow you to practice. You're going to be using this new technology and this kind of new kind of shooting apparatus. And you kind of get a little practice test area at the beginning before moving on to either a space-themed area or a farm-themed area. And obviously the games in each of those areas are going to be different. And obviously this is also going to increase the repeatability factor of this attraction. The assumption, obviously, therefore, is that the space theme side will be more about Buzz Lightyear and the farm theme side will be more about Woody and Jesse and Ham and characters like that. After you've hit either one of those two paths, you're going to go back to the center to the final section. And again, I'm not really sure what this final section is going to consist of. But again, it looks like much like I'll make reference to the old Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. There are almost two tracks that you'll be able to go on which will give you a different experience, and I really, really like that aspect of it. 
Now, how these paths are actually going to be chosen, I don't know. Is it going to be something random? Is it going to be alternating? I, I would highly doubt it's probably going to be something chosen by the guest, although that would be very cool, a la Horizon's ending. Um, as more details come out, I will let you know. Of course, if you hear anything, by all means, please let me know as well, and I will share them with everybody. The next of my three rumors has to do with Pirates of the Caribbean. No, I'm not talking about the upcoming third movie or the attraction or even the Pirates and Princess Party. What I'm talking about is something that, if it comes true, could be very cool and possibly the start of something we might be seeing throughout the resort in other places. What would you think of a Pirates of the Caribbean-themed room at one of your favorite Disney resorts? Well, the rumor that I've heard is that over at Disney's Caribbean Beach Resort, Disney is looking into possibly theming not one, but a number of rooms into Pirates of the Caribbean-themed experiences. I think like unlike what they're doing over at the Sierra Tower uh, of the Disneyland Hotel in Anaheim, I think what these rooms are going to be are not such high-end suites where there's all kinds of collectibles and merchandise and things like that. I mean, this room really is, you know, it's a suite. It's, it's two bedrooms and it has a jacuzzi and it's got a lot of replicas of things like Jack Sparrow's Revolver and lithographs signed by Ex Atencio, who, who obviously created the lyrics to Yo-Ho, A Pirate's Life for Me. There's a replica of Davy Jones' Dead Man Chest. Again, this is meant for one family, for one experience. It costs around $2,500 per night, so it's not something that you can do each and every one of your trips down. Instead, Disney is looking to theming a number of rooms over at this moderately priced resort, and my assumption would be, and I'm speculating here, that a, room, a themed room like this may be a little bit more than a normal room, but imagine going to Caribbean Beach, which of course is a perfect fit, and having a Pirates of the Caribbean themed room. I love the idea, and I wonder if this could be the start, if it is done and if it is successful, to them doing something like this resort-wide. Theming other rooms in other hotels, either to attractions or to films, really plussing the experience, really, again, adding another element and another reason to stay. Not that I think that you need any more, but another reason to stay on Disney property in a Disney-themed hotel, um, really getting that magic and getting that experience 24-7. I absolutely love this idea. This is one of these rumors that I hope comes true. Uh, while I think Caribbean Beach Resort is a great resort, it is a little spread out. That's kind of its one little detractor. But having something like this there, and they do have the space for it because it is a very, very large resort. And having more than one room that people can stay at, at a, at a somewhat reasonable cost, it, it would just be wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. And again, there's so much they can do and, and so far that they can take this. Um, again, I would love to hear your opinions on this. Is this something that you would like to see? I, my assumption is going to be yes. Um, give me some of your ideas. What do you think they could do? What do you think this, this may be if, in fact, they do do it? Send me an email call the voicemail, or discuss this over at the WDW Radio Forums over at DisneyWorldTrivia.com. The final rumor that I have is one that I think is uh, one that we've all been looking forward to for a long time. I was going to touch on it last week, but did not want to be premature. And what I'm really going to do is bring in a special guest. We're going to talk about this at length and in much more detail next week. But everybody has been asking, Lou, when and if free dining is going to come back? This has been rumored for a long time, wondering if it's going to come back. On or about April 12th, um, from what my sources tell me, we will be hearing from Disney officially that for guests visiting between August 26th and September 22nd, 2007, you will be able to get the free dining once again. It goes without saying how good of a deal this really is. Supposedly, this will be available for trips booked between April 12th 
and June 24th in order to take advantage of it. Again, we're going to talk more about this next week with a special guest. We're also going to talk more about the dining plan and the Disney dining experience because I think it's something that not only do a lot of people not know about, but is confusing to many people. So we're going to kind of explore that uh, a little bit more. But for those of you who have been waiting and anxiously anticipating the announcement, I think it is going to be coming in the next couple of weeks. So uh, sit down, the wife and kids, and figure out when you're going to go because it looks like free dining is going to come back. So that is going to do it for this installment of the Walt Disney World Rumor Mill. If you have any rumors that you want to share or anything you want to discuss, again, the email is lou at wdwradio.com. Call the voicemail at 206-202-4WDW or discuss this in the forums over at DisneyWorldTrivia.com. Hello, and welcome back to the Voices Behind the Magic. This is the voice of WDW Radio, Jonathan Dichter. This week on Voices Behind the Magic... We profile the voice of Disneyland. Your attention, please. The Disneyland Limited, now arriving from a trip around Walt Disney's Magic Kingdom. For more than two decades, Jack Wagner's cheerful, friendly tone vocally captured the Disney spirit, making announcements at the Disney parks, in touring ice and arena shows and doing voiceover for television and audiovisual presentations. Born Jack Francis Wagner on December 17, 1925, he was the official park announcer for Disneyland until 1993. Their country has trading posts, places to eat, and the wildest show in the wilderness, the Country Bear Jamboree. He is famous for various announcements over the PA system, parades, special events. He also did voice work for many Disney attractions, including precautions and safety instructions. One of his most famous lines is from a safety spiel at the Matterhorn bobsleds in Disneyland. Remain seated, please. Permanecer sentados, por favor. Because of the prevalence of his voice all over the park, he earned the nickname The Voice of Disneyland. Jack's association with Disneyland began in 1955 when he was invited to attend opening day. In the ensuing years, he guest announced and narrated Christmas parades and other programs, coming on board full-time as a consultant in 1970 and shortly after being named park announcer. Thank you for joining us on the Santa Fe and Disneyland Railroad. Besides being the voice of Disneyland, Jack Wagner also did work for the Walt Disney World Resort. His voice is still heard on the Walt Disney World monorail system. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Jack also provided the famous announcement in the original Main Street Electrical Parade in both Disneyland and Walt Disney World. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Disneyland proudly presents our spectacular festival pageant of nighttime magic and imagination in thousands of sparkling lights and electro-synthomagnetic musical sounds. The Main Street Electrical Parade. It has been said that no other man's voice has been heard over so many loudspeakers by so many people. 
Jack also produced music and sound for parades at both Disneyland, Walt Disney World, and background music for the themed lands in those parks as well as Tokyo Disneyland. Please remain seated until the train comes to a complete stop. Tomorrowland, Tomorrowland Station. Jack's recording for Disney was done at his own studio two miles from Disneyland, in rooms filled with audio-video equipment and walls lined with memorabilia. Opening day tickets, a golden spike commemorating the opening of Big Thunder Mountain, posters, badges, and plaques. Although vocal cord surgery forced his retirement in 1991, he continued to make short announcements. And unfortunately, in June of 1995, we lost Jack Wagner. But still today, Jack's voice is heard. Ladies and gentlemen, in the Disney Disneyland parks, has now ended at the Orlando its International Airport. Day. We hope you enjoyed your visit the to the Magic Kingdom and that you'll be back with us again Magic. soon. Drive carefully on your way home. Good night. Disney is not very good at keeping secrets, if you ask me. And why? Well, according to Disney, the Disney Vacation Club is their best-kept secret, but I'm sure we've all seen the ads in our hotel rooms, passed by the innumerable DVC kiosks throughout the parks and resorts, and maybe even ordered the free DVC DVD available at dvc.disney.go.com. Well, with recent developments over at the DVC and the announcement that they would be adding to their lineup of seven existing DVC properties, uh, the Animal Kingdom Lodge at Disney Vacation Club, we wanted to have Chantel Crawford, a former cast member and owner of DVC by Resale, come on to talk about the new resorts, uh, maybe the DVC in general, and how these changes may affect both current owners as well as people looking to buy or sell. Chantel Crawford, welcome to the WDW Radio Show. Well, thank you, Lou. It's a pleasure to be here. I um, appreciate your coming to me with this, and, and I just have to say up front, I'm certainly no expert. Disney keeps those secrets from me as well, but uh, but hopefully I can at least give some insight into the Disney Vacation Club. See, I was just going to introduce you as an expert, far more than me, so... I had to get that caveat in there right. for time. <laughs> <laughs> I've been reselling for 10 years. It's, I'm a Disney Vacation Club member. So I would say that I'm, I'm qualified, but I guess that expert just puts a lot of expectations there. So let's just say that uh, that I read the message boards and uh, uh, the rumor hear the rumor mill on uh, the podcast as well, Lou. So you you keep me informed. <laughs> All right. Again, uh, you know, very briefly, you know, what the DVC is is it, kind of Disney's um, non-traditional timeshare. Um, they offer vacation planning flex- flexibility all kinds of money-saving benefits, and of course, their incomparable commitment to excellence. But what we really wanted to talk about, Chantel, was things that have been happening recently as far as the DVC is concerned. Uh, recently, they announced that they would be developing the Disney Animal Kingdom Lodge Villas as the eighth DVC resort. It's going to join the five at Walt Disney World, the one in Vero Beach, and one in Hilton Head. It's going to be located at, uh, obviously, the Disney Animal Kingdom Lodge, which was recently honored with a number four spot as the 50 greatest family resorts in both the U.S. and Canada. Before I kind of go into some of the details about the resort, why don't you tell us a little about what you've heard so far and uh, and what you think about the location and the property and whatnot. Sure. Um, 
sounds like you've actually done all your homework, Lou. That's that's great. You, 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 um, let me know when you need a job. Because um, I think you've just described the Disney Vacation Club to a T. Very simply. That, that was great. The uh, Animal Kingdom Lodge is exciting. It has created a frenzy among not only the members, but people who have been considering becoming members and have been on the fence. And this, I believe, has just pushed them to the edge. Um, I just, none of the other resorts as they were built created anywhere near the, the frenzy that this has created. So I'm excited about it. I'm excited to see how it's going to play out. My understanding right now is that they are uh, clearing some of the concierge rooms, refurbishing them, redeveloping them, and as built. that's going to be the phase one of the Disney Vacation Club. And that's supposed to open this fall, correct? Correct. They have already started selling. Um, I have some current member clients who have called me and said, Chantal, we now own Animal Kingdom Lodge. We're so excited. We're going to try and uh, go visit in September. So it's exciting for them. Now, as far as the entire project, I have some, I don't know if it's inside information or not, but I was privileged enough to take one of the Sunset Safaris recently. Um, are you familiar with those? I am. I've never had the, the privilege of taking one, though. I would love to, from what I hear. Oh, wonderful. I highly recommend it. It was just, a, it was delightful. Um, but the guides, as they take us around through the savannas and talk with us about the animals, of course, the Disney Vacation Club topic came up as we drove by and we saw them clearing literally the construction for the new uh, farm that they're going to have for the animals. Apparently, the lodge is getting an entire new uh, barn for the the animals, and, and she said that the animals have to go into place before the new building can go into place because the animals need to be acclimated before the humans get to be acclimated, which I thought was cute. <laughs> we adapt much more easily to the pool and the... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, the tiki bar, right. whatever happens to be nearby, right. So the, the, the neat information that she did share with us is that, that they're adding an additional 22 acres. Wow. And we will have our own savanna as Disney Vacation Club members. And... The other little tidbit that I thought was interesting is that Disney Vacation Club members will have access to be able to go over into the normal Animal Kingdom Lodge uh, just as regular guests, but regular guests will not have the privilege to go over to the Disney Vacation Club section. So I thought, wow, that's a perk for the DVC members that I just haven't heard before. You know, normally it's kind of open for everyone and while the Disney Vacation Club members, we certainly have perks and privileges and we feel special. That was just really unique. So I think that'll kind of be fun for some members to, to kind of have bragging rights to, as, it, as it all unfolds. And it's nice to know that you're getting that bit of exclusivity in being that you're not going to have, you know, the riffraff from the lodge coming over. You, <laughs> <laughs> you said that, I didn't. <laughs> you know, you mentioned something um, about the, the, the first phase. And my question to you was going to be that those initial 134 remodeled rooms, are they taking those out from the existing concierge rooms on the fifth and sixth floors? That's my understanding, yes. Are they? Do you know if they're going to replace those concierge-level rooms somewhere else I in the lodge? I have heard um, that they will not be eliminating all of the concierge rooms. So some of those will be retained for... Uh, regular guests. So I, I beg your pardon. Okay. Um, yeah. And they're also going to be building 324 additional 
vacation homes. And the new building, and I'll try and put some pictures up in the show notes, um, is actually, it's a very unique shape. There's 18 five-story, what they call beads, that are all connected in the form of like this winding, very free-flowy chain um, on this new savanna. Um, additionally, there's also going to be a one-and-a-half-acre area consisting of pool amenities. There's going to be swimming pools, lounge areas, tennis courts, a barbecue area. And the one thing that I saw that was that I thought was pretty interesting, um, and this is something that came from Disney, was that there's going to be 472 proposed parking spaces on the first floor of each of the guest buildings. So they're going to have basically like covered parking under the uh, under the buildings, I guess is what I'm understanding. Wonderful. I know that's one of the frequently asked questions I get. And a lot of people prefer staying at Old Key West because they can pull right up to their unit, unload, and they don't have to um, maybe take the hike that they have to take at some of the other resorts. Yeah, especially when you have, you know, kids and groceries and, and sleeping kids yeah. at the end of the night. So been there, yeah. done that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's just a handful and you... You want to be able to, especially if you're staying for a week, two weeks, uh, you know, a month, which some guests do. Yeah, and that's that's one of the nice benefits of the, of the DVC. I have actually, I'm not a DVC member, but I have yes. rented points and I've stayed at Old Key West. I've stayed at Wilderness Lodge um, and I've also stayed at the Boardwalk. And, it, and it's great to be able to have that kitchen space if you do have kids or maybe you're not a big, you know, you don't want to go out and spend the money for breakfast. You can whip up something quick and then, you know go commando style to the parks for the rest of the day like I do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> How does, do you think this DVC resort is going to compare to some of the other ones in, you know, whether it be location and size and amenities and things like that? Good question. I think the only um, con about the Animal Kingdom Lodge in general, which all of us have kind of been aware of, is that it's not uh, just, just a boat ride over to a park or a um, you know, you can't just walk out of your villa and walk over to Epcot as you can with Beach Club and Boardwalk. So that's the only downside I see. Uh, outside of that, I think it's just going to be so well received. Um, Saratoga was exciting. People really looked forward to it, but I think it just wasn't as well received as it could have been for a couple of those similar reasons. I think the animals at the Animal Kingdom Lodge are just the main draw and people love the the atmosphere at the large, the great restaurants, add these new amenities that are coming into place. And I just, I, I think it will become one of the top two. Well, just my opinion. Yeah, well, you know, that's the thing about the lodge. I mean, first and foremost, the the lodge itself is absolutely beautiful. Definitely one of Disney's most, they're one of their best themed resorts. Um, and I'll put some pictures up in the show notes of some of the concept artwork for the Animal Kingdom Lodge Villas because they really, really carry that over. And when you see this grand lobby that they have planned, it's absolutely beautiful. Now, for people that have gone to the lodge and have stayed and have paid the extra for the Savannah View rooms, that's always been a bit of a catch-22 because if you're going to spend most of your day, like I do, for example, in the parks, what are you really going to pay for? You know, it, it depends on how you vacation. Uh, if you do spend time in the rooms, it's great. If you don't, what's the added benefit there if you're going to come back at night and leave first thing in the morning? Yeah, the DVC, I think it's it's a different, pardon the pun, animal, because chances <laughs> are you are going to stay there for a longer amount of time. You may spend a day at the resort or a day by the pool or a day, you know, kind of lounging around your room so you can wake up, have some coffee, and enjoy seeing the animals right outside there. And that's where the added benefit is going to be. Exactly. I couldn't have said it better myself, Lou. DVC members just 
are able to relax a little bit more when they go on vacation because they know, hey, I'm going to be doing this for the next 35 to 45 years. I get to visit all the resorts. I, I know the parks are going to be there next year. And, you know, this year I just kind of want to sit by the pool. The kids had a rough week before we got here. Let's just, you know, sit on the balcony and have lunch and watch the giraffes walk mm-hmm. by. And to have kids to be able to experience that right outside their room, you know, when yeah. at that right age is going. And and I've said this for a long time. When it comes to any DVC, uh, when it comes to any Disney resort, especially DVC, it's location, 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 and it's what you want. You know, the boardwalk and the beach club are excellent if you want to be able to walk to MGM or walk to Epcot and you want to have that instant accessibility to the boardwalk promenade. But maybe not everybody wants that. Maybe they do want to be a little more isolated. Maybe they do want it to be a little more secluded and quiet. This would be the place for them because that's exactly what you're going to get here. You don't have that kind of hustle and bustle right outside the resort like you would you know, at the boardwalk, for example. Exactly. Old Key West is a similar theme. Resort layout. Plenty of room within the rooms themselves. They're significantly bigger than some of the others. Uh, people prefer Old Key West if that's their style for that very reason. They just don't want it to be in the middle of the hustle and bustle. And uh, and that's what it affords them. And I think Animal Kingdom Lodge is going to combine a lot of those aspects. Again, as you mentioned, though, if they, if they want to walk out and walk over to Epcot, that's not, that's not going to be the the draw for that particular trip but uh, but that's what's so great about the Disney Vacation Club you don't have to come to one exclusive property every single year that's a common misconception actually some people think well you know it's a timeshare I'm gonna be stuck at that one place all the time not true Disney is the most flexible system so even if they buy Beach Club because they think they're they're gonna be preferred that that location um, they're gonna hopefully venture out and visit every other resort animal kingdom lodge when they want to relax and see the animals old key west when it's summer and they want to sit by the pool boardwalk when they you know want to be able to walk out of the room walk over to the food wine festival it 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 really has so much in terms of uh, a little bit for everybody i think one of the biggest confusing points for people that are not familiar with DVC. Maybe you can just quickly touch on on what this is and and how it affects people. What exactly is your home resort and how does it affect your ability of where you can stay and when you can stay? Because I know it confused me still. (laughs) I'm sure I'm not the only one. That's a great question. I probably get that one at least once a day. The um, home resort, there's there's two aspects to look at when when you're considering purchasing the Disney Vacation Club. And the home resort The first and foremost is your reservation window. Some people plan far in advance. Um, They have uh, children schedules that they need to adhere to. Uh, Teachers especially, I hear often, you know, our our kids, uh, we only get certain specific days, weeks of the year. We have to travel then. Uh, There's no choice in the matter. Those folks need a reservation window, uh, sometimes up to close to a year out. And at your home resort, you can make your reservations up to 11 months in advance. Uh, the non-home resorts, you can make them up to seven months in advance. So you've got a four-month window at your home resort. So if you have a preferred place that you want to stay, that's probably where you want to buy, especially if you're limited as far as, you know, you've got... We can only travel President's Week. We can only travel Fourth of July. You're going to need that extra four months to make sure you get in at your home resort. The second consideration 
is maintenance fees and taxes. Each home resort has different property taxes and different maintenance or upkeep of that resort. A lot of people get confused with that. They say, what are the annual dues? What, what does that mean? Well, just as if you came to Florida and you bought a new house and you said that's going to be our vacation home, you still need to maintain that home. You're going to pay somebody because you're not going to be here to take care of it. Somebody needs to cut the grass. Somebody needs to make sure the paint stays fresh. Somebody needs to make sure the plumbing is holding up. Everything, you know, needs to be taken care of. That's what those annual dues go towards. They make sure that the properties are up to Disney standards so that when we arrive at our new, our other home, everything looks the way we want it to look. So those dues, however, vary between each resort and that can affect the overall cost of your ownership because each year you pay maintenance fees and taxes on the amount of points that you buy at that home resort. So those are the two main considerations when it comes to saying, hey, this is where I want my home resort to be. Does that make sense? You, the light bulb just went off on my head. I got Yay. it now. <laughs> um, the other question I had for you with, with the introduction of the new um, Animal Kingdom DVC resort, how is that going to affect the DVC market? Both you know, for people who are looking to buy or sell now as well as for things like what you do, which is buying and selling through resale. Great question. Uh, there's There's been so much excitement to begin with because for a while, Disney would build new properties and the leases on them would expire in 2042. That's been the standard and I believe six of the seven resorts have that expiration date. Saratoga Springs opened. It has an extended expiration date. It's got 12 more years. Animal Kingdom has a it's starting with a 50-year lease so again Disney is kind of stepped up they're giving the owners a longer length of ownership that's a good good concept now as far as how it affects um, the market well people are excited about Animal Kingdom launch but it doesn't necessarily mean that's where everybody wants to be that's what's great about Disney is you can own where you prefer to be and 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 so there's a lot of people who are excited about Animal Kingdom Lodge. There's a lot of people who say, you know what? Our family just really wants to stay at the boardwalk. It was our first trip. We enjoy it. So we're able to meet the needs of those folks through resale. And I would say in six months to a year, we're going to be able to meet the needs of the people who are also considering buying Animal Kingdom Lodge. Obviously, we don't have those readily available because uh, Disney is just now getting started with them. But... Um, unfortunately, everybody has life circumstances that change, and sometimes we have ooh, divorce, sometimes we lose our job. Things just happen, and, uh, and when that happens, it's unfortunate for the folks who need to sell, but it's fortunate for the folks who are looking at the resale market and realize, hey, there's a secondary market. I can get the exact same thing I would from Disney, but I just pay a lot less for it. So we can meet those needs for the Animal Kingdom Lodge. Probably, like I said, it usually takes about six months to a year before we start seeing those come available, but you never know. Um, one of the things we offer to our clients who contact us is that we have a newsletter that goes out um, for resale market uh, pursuers, if you will. Folks who are saying, you know what, Chantel, we've learned about the Disney Vacation Club. We realize there's a secondary market that we can save money. We'd like you to keep us posted. We're still kind of, you know, getting to understand, still deciding on our home resort. Would you keep us posted on the new properties as they come in? We'll send them a newsletter. Um, when we have a new property comes in that comes along, it goes out about three hours prior to being published live on our website. 
So, I would venture to say that that first Animal Kingdom Lodge property that comes along will sell within those three within that three hour period very quickly. Just contact us. Anybody who's interested in joining that list, and let's say that you, that you do want to buy the Animal Kingdom Lodge, uh, give us a call uh, or check our website. You can sign up online at dvcbuyresale.com. Uh, there's a, a, a link for, to sign, for signing up for the newsletter. Or you can send us an email. You can send it to me directly, Chantel, which is S-H-O-N-T-E-L-L, at DVC by Resale. Um, and then we can get you subscribed to the newsletter, let you know what's going on, keep you posted. And, of course, um, as, long as, as long as Lou keeps inviting me back, I'll keep you posted on the <laughs> podcast as well. Definitely. And I'll put links up to your site and your email in the show notes as well. Um, I mean, clearly there's, there's so many added benefits, especially dollar-wise, of going through resale. I'm sure the one question people are going to have too is: Are, are there any downsides? You know, do you, or do you not get the benefits, for example, that people that go through Disney would get? You know, uh, saving on dining or, or theme park passes, things like that. Not at all, Lou. That's the the great thing about Disney. They don't penalize anybody for buying from the resale market. Um, the, what you get is what you get, regardless of whether you go directly to Disney or whether you come to us. We're going to try and save you some money and get you into the home resort that you prefer, you get the exact same perks and privileges. For example, probably the most popular one right now is that members get a discount on annual passes. Uh, that can be pretty significant, especially if you've got a large family of four, and if you're saving $100 on each, on each one, there's $400 savings right off the bat. I've even had some clients come and buy small allotments of Disney Vacation Club. For that very reason, they, they travel to Disney so often that they, they want to be able to get those perks and privileges. Uh, but no, no difference whatsoever. Everything's exactly the same. It only, it only just, you're dealing with me for six weeks versus dealing with a Disney Vacation <laughs> Club guide. I'll do my best to take good care of you. <laughs> well, I, your, your reputation uh, precedes you, and I, I've heard nothing but, but good things about what you do for your clients and what you, you, you give them. Uh, Thank you. My, my last question to you is, we, we were talking about the rumor mill before, and I start off by saying that Disney is not very good at keeping secrets. And uh, one of the secrets that, that may have leaked out, and this is something I actually talked about back in August of last year and put up some images, is the possible introduction of another DVC resort over at Disney's Contemporary um, Resort. They've recently yes. started demolition of the North Garden Wing. There have been images that have been popping up on the internet for some time now about this very large C-shaped building that's going to take that place. Um, it's got this beautiful skywalk that's going to connect the Grand Canyon Concourse over to this new building. Um, and it looks like it's something very, very special. Uh, obviously, location, location, location. And again, the speculation is that this has been that this may be a DVC resort. Have you heard anything about it one way or the other? Or what do you think if, in fact, this is going to be a DVC resort? Because to have one on the monorail line is just, you know, it's this may push put me over the top. I think I'm going to burst your bubble. <laughs> okay. Sorry. It's not I just my bubble. This. It's okay. <laughs> I know. There's a lot of bubbles. There. Mining, mine got burst when I heard this news as well. I have it from a... I'm going to say a pretty reliable source, and trust me, I don't get this information often. I think Disney likes to keep everybody in the dark, including myself. But I have it on a pretty reliable source that that will not be a Disney Vacation Club property. Um, so people don't call me and yell at me. It's not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> 
my understanding, however, and this is a little bit of news that, um, that, that probably isn't being widely spread, is that the next location will not be in Orlando. Very interesting. Very interesting. Very interesting. Yes, yes. And I, let me just say this, that I just asked my source over and over again, are you sure they're not going to be adding it to Contemporary? <laughs> Everybody, I mean, there's drawings, people have seen it, there's evidence. And I was told, no, that is not, that is not the case. Um, but, you know, just if you, if you want to, to share anything, just tell them that it's probably not going to be in Orlando. And I think that comes as, that was a huge surprise to me, quite frankly. Um, I was right there with the rest of uh, the members thinking, okay, Contemporary's next, Monorail, here we come. So, unless my source is just, you know, kind of uh, just just trying to keep us all in question, which could be the case, I, I would say that that's not, not going to happen anytime soon, Lou. Sorry. No, that's okay. And I, I actually touched on an earlier show about what Disney is doing uh, outside of its theme parks in Anaheim, Orlando, and worldwide, and what their push seems to be with the rumors of them possibly building luxury-themed hotels in other places other than where the theme parks are, and kind of bringing in these new, almost, you know, mini theme parks or mini destinations around the world and around the country. And it would make sense if some of those properties were DVC resorts, much like Vero Beach and Hilton Head. So it's not, um, it's somewhat disappointing, I'm sure, to the people who we're hoping it was a DVC resort, but I think it's exciting for those people that know that they may very well have other destinations around the country that they can use their points at and, and make their home resort. Right. I can tell you that I'm pretty excited too. I, I've got a pretty good idea, I think, as to where it's going to be. Um, just because it's more of a timeshare related. Um, if you're familiar with timeshares, if you're familiar with demand, you probably can guess. And that's the, the extent of what I was told. And that's, you know, so I think I've got a pretty good idea as to where it's going to be. And if, if I'm correct, it's going to be wonderful. Yeah. And again, like I said, on a previous show, I talked about, you know, the possibility of it even expanding beyond, you know, the continental United States borders. And you don't have to say anything, but, you know, imagine going to a DVC resort in, you know, Jamaica or St. Uh, Martin or yeah. Aruba. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, you know, <laughs> drool. I, I, so... Uh, anyway, for more information about the DVC, uh, especially for DVC through resale, um, I'm going to direct you over to dvcbyresale.com. They also have a list of frequently asked questions. I'm going to put that link up in the show notes. You can also contact Chantel if you have any questions or if you're a little uh, want an answer more immediately. You can call her at 800-844-4099. I'm sure you can tell from this brief interview, what a wonderful person she is and how helpful she will be for any questions that you have. Again, Chantel, thank you very much. We will definitely have no, to have you come you, back Lou. on. Thank you so much. I just, it's a pleasure to be here. I appreciate um, the, the opportunity to come and hang out with you because you're just fun. You're just fun, Lou. <laughs> that's what it's all, that's what this whole Disney thing is all about, right? Just having fun. That's it. And you represent it well. And uh, and I appreciate anytime you want to talk about the Disney Vacation Club, I, I do it every day. So just give me a call and, and we'll get together and we'll see what kind of other rumors we can come up with to cause some fury. Please don't call me and ask <laughs> me if the contemporary is going to go be That number I'm again so is 800. I said that now. I'm thinking, <laughs> should I really say this out loud? 
No, you know, well, but, hopefully, hopefully but, the frenzy will stay geared towards the Animal Kingdom Lodge for a while, and people will just sort of say, I don't remember, what did Chantel say on that show with Lou? <laughs> I don't know, something, something about, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm definitely going to have you back. Again, owner of DVCbyResale.com, former Walt Disney World cast ram- member and all-around nice gal, Chantel Crawford, thank you again. Thank you. Thanks, Lou. I thought a great tie-in for this segment would be to talk to somebody that has actually seen one of the Animal Kingdom Lodge Villa's model rooms, and that's Kara Goldsberry. She is a friend of the show. She's also the author of The Luxury Guide to Walt Disney World and webmaster of LuxuryDisneyGuide.com. Kara, welcome back. Thanks, Leo. Kara, you have seen uh, something that, that I have been anxious to try and get a look at, and you were kind enough to send me photos, which I'll put up in the show notes. But you were able to go and, and get a firsthand look at a model room for the Animal Kingdom Lodge Villas. I was. I and? was. I couldn't believe it. I saw it the day after they opened. And what uh, what's your opinion, having seen them firsthand? Oh, my favorites so far. They are wonderful. They're amazing. They're beautiful. They have the same rich fabrics and colors as in the resort, in the lodge. They have different but hand-carved, hand-crafted furnishings, which are just so neat. I've always loved that in, in the rooms. They have a kind of a distressed wood, heavily distressed wood cabinets, you know, darker colors. So, th- so they're darker, but again, they're, they're very similar to the lodge. One exciting thing that I've never seen in a DVC yet is when you walk into a one or two bedroom in the foyer, in the, the area where the living room and the kitchen is, there is a full bath off of the foyer. So you're going to be getting an extra bath unless you have a studio. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, and I, and I don't think I've ever seen that before in any of the, uh-uh. the DVC places. I was shocked when I saw it. Well, remember, well, there's never even a half bath, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, am I missing something? I can't remember a place that's had a half bath either. So this is a full bath. Um, but very similar to the other DVC resorts and units. Um, nice granite countertops in the kitchen. Um, you know, the kitchens are about the same size. But it was just so exciting to think they were going to be at the Animal Kingdom Lodge in that area. So uh, I, was, I was very happy with them, and I know they're going to replace my favorites. Uh, which right now I like the Wilderness, the Bellas at Wilderness Lodge the best. I think Wilderness Lodge is beautiful, and uh, you know I think this is going to be, especially now in light of what you've seen, that it sounds like they're taking this room, you know, that they're plussing this room a bit from what you're getting elsewhere yeah. on property. Uh, it's going to be a home run, and these Animal Kingdom Lodge villas, I would expect, and you probably know better than I, are, are going to do very, very well. Yeah, they have flat panel TVs also, so that's that's something new and nice. Um, what else was different? I guess that was it. I did not get to see. I know they're going to be three-bedroom units. They do not have any models available yet. And no one, none of the salespeople had any idea that they were going to be maybe the two-story units like Saratoga Springs has, which I think are so beautiful. So that's kind of still a mystery up in the air. But um, anyway, I was very excited to see them. And uh, I have them posted on my site. And Lou's going to post them on his site that I sent him. They're not the best pictures. It was kind of dark in there. They don't have... Uh, any light coming in through the windows yet. So 
Um, yeah, I saw one of the pictures. It was funny. Obviously, they had some sort of you know painted backdrop uh-huh. by the glass, and it looks like there's a they giraffe. Backdrop sitting, of animals. <laughs> right, there's a giraffe sitting right there by your door, Keisha. I know. You know? <laughs> oh, it's a giraffe. <laughs> I'm gonna link um, over to your site where you have a review and kind of some more notes about what you saw there. But correct me if I'm wrong. This is the, the new building is gonna be called Kadani Village, and they're gonna have. There's also gonna be a new restaurant going into the. Uh, to, to the supposed to be a new full service restaurant. Yes, new pool, new pool, too. and a new, and another savannah. Beautiful. Yeah, I'm going to put some uh, in the show notes. I'll put pictures up to some of the concept art for uh, the new Animal Kingdom Lodge Villa. So it seems to be a consensus that uh, they're going to be beautiful. They're going to sell very, very well. And now with what else is being built in the future down there on the southwestern portion of property, um, Animal Kingdom Lodge and its location is no longer an issue. Um, because it's going right. to have everything that you need in one location. The world, the Disney world, is shrinking. <laughs> <laughs> but there's still there's still plenty of room to build. So oh, I know, I know. <laughs> for all those people who are feel, for all those people who are fearful that that we'll never get our fifth park, have no fear because uh, <laughs> who knows someday. But. Kara, I want to thank you again for coming on and uh, sharing your insights with us. Again, it's Kara Goldsbury, author of The Luxury Luxury Guide to Walt Disney World, and her website is LuxuryDisneyGuide.com. I'll put that link up in the show notes. Kara, thank you again so much. Thanks, Lou. And now it's time for our very first contest here on the WDW Radio Show. And what we're going to do is play our Where in the World Have You Heard This Game? I'm going to tune the WDW Radio to 10 different stations. On each of those stations, you're going to hear a sound clip from a Walt Disney World attraction, song, or something you may have heard around the resort. All you need to do is identify each of those 10 different clips in order, send them to lou at wdwradio.com, for a chance to win a prize package from the Magic for Less Travel, which includes all kinds of great goodies, as well as both copies of the Walt Disney World Trivia Book and a DisneyWorldTrivia.com t-shirt, as well as a few other goodies thrown in here and there. So, what I need you to do is sit back, listen carefully, get your pen and paper ready, because I'm going to tune the radio, like I said, to those 10 different stations, identify these sound clips in order, and let me know. So here you go. For our very first, where in the world have you heard this contest? Good luck. We're up to Neverland. Let me share with you the fascinating story of our company. Where you will see the finest motion pictures of all time, soon to be released. Drama. Comedy. They keep on top of accommodations, record and update reservations, coordinate telephone operations, and help plan energy conservation. Life is a prize with every minute. I think I'd better tell you a story about another creature who's a lot like... Three quarters. Stand by. Steady as she goes. You, there in the back, sucking that gun and wipe that smile off your face. The earth's an inspiring sight. There's a trend. 
Okay, there you are. There are your 10 different sound clips. Some of them uh, are probably pretty obvious. Some of them may be a little bit tougher. Could really test your knowledge of Walt Disney World. Remember, the sounds that you've heard may come from current attractions, former attractions, or maybe not attractions at all. Think globally. Think all around the resort where you may have heard these. I tried to make it somewhat challenging, but uh, I hope you guys have fun with it no matter what. Anyway, like I said, you can send your answers in order to Lou at WDWRadio.com. I'll let this contest run until Sunday, April 8th, 2007 at 11.59 p.m. I will take all of the entries. I will tally up all the correct answers, and uh, I will pick from those who had the most correct answers. I will pick one winner out, and again, you will get that prize package from the Magic for Less Travel as well as from DisneyWorldTrivia.com. So thanks for playing. Good luck, and most of all, have fun. I've always said that Walt Disney World and Disney in general are the very best at what they do. As part of our recurring Best of the Best at Walt Disney World series, we wanted to highlight some of the Best of the Best at Disney's Vacation Club. And uh, arguably, Disney's Vacation Club, again, is the best at what they do as far as a timeshare-style resort. And uh, who better to bring in to talk about the Best of the Best at Disney's Vacation Club then our friend, Chantel Crawford. Chantel, welcome back. Thank you, Lou. It's a pleasure to be back. We are going to talk about some of the best that Walt Disney World has to offer. And the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to talk about what is the best perk of being a DVC member. I mean, being a DVC member, you know, has its benefits. There's so many of them. But what is the best of the best of the perks that you get from being a DVC member? I think this is an argu- arguably the discount on annual passes. Right now, I believe you can get up to $100 off your annual pass. And if you've got a family of four, that's a pretty good savings. Um, We have lots of perks and privileges. That one is the most exciting one as of late. And I'm I'm gonna go with that one as the best of the best of the best right now. We could, as long as you allow me to change that down the road if we do the show again. (laughs) (laughs) Always. Woman's prerogative, you can change your mind anytime you like. Yes, Lou, you are the most intelligent man in the face of the universe. That's why I hang out with you. I learned very quickly. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, like you said, you know, one thing about DVC is that, you know, it's great for families. It's great for large families because of the opportunities for the size of some of the properties that you can stay in. And you're right, the chances are you're going to be staying for a week or longer. So an annual pass is almost a no-brainer at that point between what you get uh, as far as the pass is concerned, the savings in and of itself, and then the savings on top of the pass, of purchasing the pass. You're right, it's almost a no-brainer. I think a lot of people don't realize that you may get that as a perk when you buy DVC, whether it's whether it's via resale or through Disney, correct? Correct, absolutely. Great. Right. So there you go. If you're wondering what the best perk of being a DVC member at Disney's Vacation Club, it is saving money, especially on the annual pass. Chantel, thanks very much. My pleasure as always, Lou. Thanks for having me. Again, that's dvcbyresale.com. With the help of more of my special guests, we will continue to highlight the very best that Walt Disney World has to offer. If you have a suggestion or a question at what you think the best of the best of something is at Walt Disney World, and again, it doesn't have to be the most expensive, most luxurious thing. It could be the best hamburger, could be the best quiet place, could be the best romantic spot on property. Anything that you think 
this may be the very best that we will try and cover again with the help of so many different special guests that I have lined up. You can send your suggestions to Lou at WDWRadio.com or you can discuss these or any other best of the best ideas you may have at the WDW Radio forums at DisneyWorldTrivia.com. Well, that is going to wrap things up for this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. Thank you again so much for coming back and tuning in with so many podcasts out there and life being just as hectic as it is. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your week to come by, tune in, listen, and comment on the show. As you know, I read and answer each and every email, and your feedback is sincerely appreciated. I want to thank my special guests, Chantel Crawford from DVCbyresale.com and Kara Goldsberry, author of The Luxury Guide to Walt Disney World, for their help with the Disney's Animal Kingdom DVC Resort segment. I also want to thank again Jonathan Dichter for his wonderful intro again this week, as well as a special thanks to Jared Matthews. He composed the Africa section theme music that I used during that DVC segment and some very cool kind of trancey music with kind of a little mermaid flair as well as one other song that I played throughout the show. So Jared, thank you again for that awesome work. Please keep them coming. Don't forget to go and visit Jonathan Dichter and Jeff Pepper's blogs at voiceofmousetunes.blogspot.com and 2719hyperion.blogspot.com, respectively. They will be back again on upcoming shows with more features, segments, trivia, and a whole lot more. I want to introduce you to another show, uh, another podcast that just came out recently. It's called the Magic Mouse Podcast, and you can find that at magicmousepodcast.com. They do things a little bit differently. They kind of give a Canadian perspective on traveling to Florida or California theme parks. I will actually be a guest on this show on Monday the 26th. Go by, check them out, and tell them I said hello. Please also go and visit Tim Foster's Guide to the Magic.com. I can't say enough good things about Tim's series of books, his lost journals, his Guide to the Magic, and I'm eagerly anticipating his upcoming kids' guide. He is going to be on the show very, very soon, but in the meantime, go by, check him out, subscribe to his newsletter. It is wonderful. That is over at Guide to the Magic.com. Remember, if you are planning a Walt Disney World vacation, please visit themagicforlesstravel.com. They can arrange travel for all of your vacation needs. Their services are completely free, and they also have specially discounted Magic Your Way packages available for April 15th through May 23rd travel dates. It's available only for the Magic for Less travel and for Magic Your Way packages that include the dining plan as well. Those rooms are limited, so be sure and go by. Check out the link over at wdwradio.com for more information. On future shows, I'm going to have more Disney scene investigations with Jeff Pepper. Again, don't forget to go and check out his blog. I'm going to introduce you to the Walt Disney World Wayback Machine, where I'm going to talk about some of the history of Walt Disney World from days gone by, introduce some more trivia segments, including more voices behind the magic with Jonathan Dichter, and of course, bring on more special guests from time to time. Please continue to help spread the word, and I want to thank you all for digging the show and voting for it on iTunes. It is very much appreciated and very, very helpful. Don't forget to get your contest entries in by April 8th for our Where in the World Have You Heard This contest, and look for another contest I have planned coming soon thereafter. Also, just a quick reminder that my New Year's 2005, yes, that's seriously when I started, uh, special is going on where you can get signed copies of both of my Walt Disney World trivia books for just 20 bucks over at DisneyWorldTrivia.com. 
Speaking of the site, please go and check out the site as we have just moved to a bigger, better, and faster dedicated servers, as well as given the forums and the entire site a bit of a facelift and look for a lot more additions and changes coming to the site in weeks to come. There's, uh, there's lots of refurbishments for your future enjoyment going on backstage, so I have some pretty exciting things I'm going to be introducing again in the next couple of weeks. For those of you who are thinking about cruising along with us on the Disney Magic from November 3rd through the 10th, 2007, I'll be aboard with Margaret Tinkerbell Carey. There are staterooms still available, but they are filling up fast. Don't forget, we have plenty of special events going on, all kinds of surprises, as well as a chance to win a $500 Disney gift card that you can use on board ship. For more information, go and visit the WDWRadio.com show notes for this week for a link to the cruise page where you can put in a submission for a free, no-obligation quote. Hope to see you on board. I really do want you to go and check out some other friends of mine and friends of the show, including Nathan and Tim's Magical Definition podcast, Gary Chambers podcast over at the Mouse Lounge, Paul Barry's Window to the Magic, the Mouse Guest Weekly podcast at mouseguest.com, WDW Today, Let's Talk About Disney, MiceCast, so many more. I'm going to put links up to these in the show notes. Uh, they all offer a little bit something different, a little bit take on, a little bit of a different take on Disney. So I really hope that you go by, check them out, and tell them I said hello. I do promise to get to your emails and voicemails, most likely on next week's show. Again, I appreciate you taking the time to email me and call in with the voicemail. Remember, you can email me anytime at lou at wdwradio.com. Call the voicemail at 206-202-4WDW. Also, come by the forums at DisneyWorldTrivia.com where you can log on and interact with other listeners of the show. Let me know what you like on the show, what you'd like to hear on the show, or discuss any of the topics that you've heard on the show this week. Thank you again to all of my special guests. Thank you to you for coming back, for tuning in and listening. I cannot tell you how much I really do appreciate it. I am having a great time on this show. I hope you are enjoying it as well. That's going to do it for this week. See you next time. See ya! Jada from Pinola in South Carolina, and I'm here with our best friend, Ashley. Hey! Well, we just wanted to say we love your show. Bye. Hi, Lou. This is Matt calling from Cincinnati, Ohio. Just called to uh, thank you for the uh, great interview with uh, Charlie Ridgway. That was uh, uh, it was really amazing listening to his stories, and um, I, I definitely will have to go check out the book now. Uh, but great interview. Keep up the great work. Thanks. Hey, this is Jada Keefley from Pendleton, South Carolina. I just love y'all show. And the thing that makes my family unique is that we have a bunch of kids. We have five kids in our family. And my parents are out of town right now. So we're just having loads of fun. All right, thanks. Bye. Sorry about that. looks like we had a power outage over here. Um, it's Steve again. Um, let me start again. For starters, since we live in Miami, it's not like living in Orlando. We're going to Disney is like going to the beach. It's still considered a vacation, not a day at the park, but there's still some differences from those who come from the four corners of the globe. First of all, the need for an actual plan doesn't apply. It's more like whatever the whatever mood should strike us. We go at a much slower pace than your everyday visitor. We rarely get up before 9.30 because we know all the eateries are going to be filled with early risers trying to get to the parks when they open. It's too hectic. No, we'd rather eat calmly you know, around 10 o'clock, then maybe take a stroll around the resort, take a dip in the pool before heading over to the parks, usually around 1 or 2 in the afternoon. We miss a lot of the festivities from the morning, but 
we'd rather go later and stay later. Uh, contrary to what some experts like Mike Scopa might think, who do, he doesn't like the extra magic hours in the evening, we really enjoy them. The crowds are thinner. It's a lot cooler, sometimes 15 to 20 degrees cooler than in the afternoon. And there's nothing I like more than seeing the parks lit up at night, especially during the holidays. Sometimes I even stay there till like 3 o'clock in the morning when they have the extra magic hours during the summer. And plus, the kids are usually passed out by that time, so me and my wife are, you know, basically, it's almost like being alone. Which brings me to the next point. Living so close to the magic allows my wife and I those weekend getaways we married couples need in order to keep our sanity. There's nothing like dropping the monsters off at their grandparents for the weekend and escaping to Epcot for a couple of days of grown-up magic. Not that kind, permit. We, can, we can't wait to go up in May for the International Flower and Garden Festival. Beers around the world. My wife also likes to schedule a massage when we visit the without the children. Try pulling that weekend off living somewhere else, like, say, New Jersey. Not impossible, but difficult and very expensive. I guess living so close to the magic can be summed up by saying we have a bit more freedom to roam the parks as opposed to the sticking to a game plan. At the end of our stay, we know that it won't be long before we come back, so whatever we miss this time around, we'll catch the next time around. There are other differences, but those monsters I told you about are coming close to their bedtimes that Daddy's got to go corral them up. Hey, Lou, this is Catherine from New York. Um, me and my boyfriend were talking, and we figured out a good trivia question. Um, how far apart are the trash cans at Walt Disney World? Um, the answer is 20 feet. <laughs> And the reason is, is we researched it, and Walt Disney supposedly wanted trash cans that far apart, so when he was touring the park with his, you know, peeps, um, he could easily throw stuff out. So they ended up just making it a rule in Walt Disney World that the trash cans had to be 20 feet apart. Hopefully, maybe this will be in your new book. Um, Can't wait for the new show. Bye. Hello, this is Jonathan Dichter. You may have heard my work as the voice of the now-extinct Mousetunes podcast and the current voice of both WDW Radio and the Magical Definition podcast's mascot, Shandy. But today I'm asking for your help. I've decided to get in shape and run in the 2009 Walt Disney World Half Marathon and at the same time to help Lou Mangiello and the DisneyWorldTrivia.com Dream Team send at least one pediatric cancer patient and their family to Walt Disney World for a week. You can find out more information about how you can help me at my blog, voiceofmousetunes.blogspot.com. Your support of my health goals will help a little bit of Disney magic into all of our lives. And maybe we can be responsible for sending one or even more pediatric cancer patients to Walt Disney World to make their wishes come true. Again, voiceofmousetunes.blogspot.com Or feel free to email the host of this show, who can forward your email directly to me. Thank you again for listening.